The stories in this book have been told and retold, cherished and revered by literally billions of people over thousands of years. People have devoted their entire lives to studying this book. There are hundreds of thousands of commentaries on it. And many people believe that this book had to have been written by God. The Torah, what's so special about it? Why is it so mesmerizing? And how has it managed to capture the human imagination for millennia? I'm David Kasher, a rabbi at Ikar in Los Angeles, and together we're going to study the weekly Torah portion of the Parsha and figure out why the Torah really is the best book ever. What's the connection between gossip and skin disease? It seems like a strange question. But that link has been firmly established in Jewish tradition in the commentaries on this week's Parsha. Parshat Matsura opens with the laws of purification for someone afflicted with a scaly eruption on the skin called sarat. It's usually translated as leprosy. But actually, that's an imperfect translation. There are several differences between sarat and what we would call leprosy. But the most important is that Although tzarat manifests as a physical disease, it's treated as a spiritual problem. So, while it's not contagious in the way that leprosy is, it does cause a ritual impurity that requires a period of isolation from the community. And it's priests, not doctors, who attend to the afflicted, suggesting that the remedy, too, is to be a spiritual one. Because Tzarat is presented in this metaphysical framework, the commentators have generally assumed that it's a punishment from God, the consequence of some sin the sufferer had committed. The Talmud in Archin lists seven possible transgressions that could cause Tzarat, including murder, deceit, incest, arrogance, theft, and envy. But the sin that heads the list and becomes most strongly associated with Tzarat, is Lashon Hara, or evil speech, which is a category that includes gossip, slander, and defamation, all of which are prohibited by Jewish law. So, how did speech crimes in particular, more than even murder, come to be the presumptive cause of these skin diseases? What is it about mere talking that could manifest in a sickness of the flesh? The first and most straightforward answer to the question is textual. It's a classic exercise in Parshanut, involving some cross-referencing and some creative wordplay. So we begin by searching for other mentions of Tzarat in the Torah. And indeed, after these laws are presented in Leviticus, there is one further instance of an actual character in the Torah plagued with the ailment. It takes place in chapter 12 of the Book of Numbers. The scene there begins with Miriam and Aaron saying nasty things about their brother Moses' wife. Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman he had married. It's not clear exactly why they were upset, but it had something to do with Moses' marriage. 
to criticize his leadership or his decisions that we might have expected along this tense desert journey. But to go after his wife, a personal attack, that was a particularly low blow. So God hears them, and outraged, God calls them to the tent of meeting and takes them to task for attacking God's most trusted servant. And then we read that as the cloud withdrew from the tent, Vahine, Miriam Mitzora'at, Kashaleg. There was Miriam, stricken with the snow-white scales of Tsarat. When Aaron turned toward Miriam, he saw that she was stricken with Tsarat, and he said to Moses, Be Adoni, O my Lord, al natashet alenu chatat asher noalnu v'asher chatanu. Do not hold over us the sin we committed in our foolishness. It isn't clear why Miriam catches the disease and not Aaron. Maybe she was the one doing the talking. Regardless, this is clearly the same disease that we read about in Leviticus, and God seems to have delivered it upon her. And Aaron makes it clear that he understands it as a direct punishment for their evil speech. And, as in Leviticus, the cure is a spiritual one. Moses first prays for her healing, and then she undergoes a period of exile from the camp for seven days, exactly as prescribed in our Parsha. So, there you have it a proof text that Sarat can be caused by Lashon Hara. And if this is the example the Torah chose to illustrate how Tzarat might come about, surely it must be the paradigmatic case. But then, to seal the deal, the rabbis of the Midrash strengthen the connection with an additional layer. Now, this one's a little technical, but it's also pretty clever, so I'll try my best to explain. The word in Hebrew for what we're calling a, a leper is mitzora. That's the name of our parsha. The sin of evil speech, as we said earlier, has three categories, and one of these is slander, saying something derogatory or negative and false about someone. And the term for this in Hebrew is motzi shemra, literally bringing out a bad name. Ruining someone's reputation, in other words. You can probably hear the similarity between the two terms, mitzora, motzi shemra. So, the rabbis detect an echo in the opening words of our parsha. Zotie Torah ha-mitzora. Torah ha-motzi shemra, they say. This is the case of the mitzora, the leper, that is, the case of the motzi shemra, the slanderer. As if the Torah was hinting to us, even as it describes in very clinical terms the conditions of Tzarat, just what kind of scoundrel would be vulnerable to this disease. So there is already in Leviticus a coded reference to the connection that will be made explicit later on in the Miriam story in Numbers. Now, all of this is well and good when it comes to establishing textual support for this connection between speech and skin. But we're still left wondering why. Why would gossip cause a rash? Is there any conceptual relationship between this particular transgression and the very specific type of punishment it incurs? For that, we turn to two of the most conceptual thinkers I know, the Kliakar and the Svatemet. 
they'll both attempt to push past purely linguistic or literary connections and ask if there's something essential about Sarat that by its very nature might be a meaningful response to hateful speech. And their answers will be similar in form, but very different in tone. The Kliakar, who you know we love on this podcast, that's Rabbi Shlomo Ephraim Lunchitz of 16th century Prague. He gives the much more damning assessment with a slight twist on the linguistic connection. It seems to me, he says, that one must explain the language of Mitsora, leper, as a composite of the words motzi ra, one who brings out evil. So note there that he's not calling it motzi shemra, bringing out a bad name, but just motzi ra, brings out evil. Why? He continues. Shimegale umotzi lechutz kol rato shabikirbo. Because he exposes and brings to the outside all of the evil inside of him, the foulness within. But he strikes his fellow in secret with the lash of his tongue, and no one knows how to defend themselves from him. So the Holy One makes it public before all of his admirers and brings all of his wickedness out to the surface so that the evil will be revealed before the entire community. The very act of speaking ill of another person, says the Kliakar, is a way of drawing forth something dark and rotten within and spewing it out in the form of words. So God responds in kind by, again, bringing the wickedness inside of the slanderer outside, into the world, but this time by imprinting it as a rot upon his body. Both slander and sarat represent a bursting forth of something terrible that was bubbling up inside. But now the slanderer, who first released his hate into the world at the expense of another, finds himself marked as the victim of his own venom, expelled through his sin. What would it be like if we had to wear our sins on our bodies? What if we couldn't hide the worst parts of ourselves, but had to put our crimes on physical display? Would we whisper such terrible things in private if we knew we would eventually have to walk around in public with all of our viciousness written upon our skin in the alphabet of disease? These are the questions that the affliction of Tzarat forces us to ask, the Kliakar implies. It's a punishment that fits the crime. As you have done, says God to the gossip and to the slanderer, so, measure for measure, shall it be done to you. And this time, for all to see. The Svat Emet, that's Rabbi Yehuda Aryeleb Alter, writing three centuries later in Poland, proposes a similar quid pro quo logic of cause and effect, but with a much more sympathetic spin. Like many moderns, he simply can't bear the idea that God would be the source of disease and suffering. And so, after calling out once again the connection between evil speech and skin affliction, he proposes an alternate understanding of the purpose of Tzarat. 
It is known, he says, that the Torah would not ascribe an evil thing, heaven forbid, to the blessed creator, for only good comes forth from God. So it seems that this is a gift that the blessed creator gives to the children of Israel. So that the evil cannot stick inside of them, it must be pushed out to the surface. And that is why Sarat comes. Again, the disease of Tzarat is caused by the evil inside of a person coming up out through the skin. But in the Sfat Emet's formulation, it's not a punishment, but a purging. The process may be unsightly, but it's ultimately healthy. It's a release of toxins from within, a cleansing of the soul by converting spiritual ailments into physical symptoms. And while the process is uncomfortable, after the week of isolation, after the dead skin flakes off, what remains is a renewed self, purified of sin. So again, I ask, what would it be like if we had to wear our sins on our bodies? It would be awful, embarrassing, and, and painful, certainly. But maybe it would also be good. Maybe if we had to show our true selves to the world, to be exposed with all of our ugliness and cruelty in plain sight, maybe then we could begin to release that which poisons us. Because it's only when we're forced to admit that we're sick that we can find healing. Only when our skin is afflicted can it be shed. Best Book Ever was produced by Ben Cooley and edited by Vera Blossom. And our theme song is Pitchouli by Hillel Tigay. You can listen to more of his beautiful music on iTunes and Spotify. And while you're there, why not subscribe to Best Book Ever if you haven't already. If you're interested in supporting this podcast and our work, you can visit us at ecar.org and donate or Venmo us at ecarla. That's I-K-A-R-L-A. Thanks a lot and see you next week.